to inspire you to boldly and unapologetically live outside the box, dream big, and question everything. This is the Defy the Norm podcast with Nomads with a Purpose. Hello, welcome to Making Mindfulness Fun. So today, Gabby and I are going to talk all about how it's not your fault that you can't choose purpose over fear. It really stems from a whole lineage, a generational unworthiness that unfortunately, it's your turn to break the cycle. But first... All right, so if this is your first time to our channel here at Making Mindfulness Fun, we help you on your journey to higher consciousness. Um, if this is your first time listening to us or if you're listening to us on our podcast, be sure to subscribe to our channel, subscribe to our podcast. And if you're on YouTube, be sure to hit the thumbs up button. Um, that helps our video be seen by more people. Okay, so what are we talking about when we say that there's like this generational unworthiness? Because uh, real quick, let's talk sacral chakra. Sacral chakra is right below the belly button uh, and it's really the area of our self-worth it's uh, also controls how vulnerable we allow ourselves to be and the reason we wanted to talk about this today is that you know we've noticed that when we're out exploring and in the world and when i'm working with clients i notice that a lot of people have trouble telling pe- telling each other either sharing with strangers or even with their kids or their spouse they have trouble sharing how they actually feel, what they're thinking, because we put on this front, this facade of like, we've got everything put together and we hide from our emotions by talking about the physical reality. Like I'm doing this, I'm trying to go to this college or getting this degree, or I did this in my job. Everything about who we are is all in the external. And you know, Gabby and I talk a lot about how it's so important to come to the internal. So do you wanna give a real quick background on sacral chakra and how you see, you, you notice it a lot, the sacral chakra deficiency, really. Deficiency, yeah. So the sacral chakra is our second chakra. Um, it's also, it's considered um, Svadhisthana. Svadhisthana is where the self meets world. So root chakra is all about grounding into yourself. And I think part of the problem of why we end up with massive sacral chakra um, excessiveness and then deficiencies, because it's like basically an overcompensation, is because we actually don't have root chakra feelings of um, security in our sense of self. So sacral chakra is kind of like this reactivity that happens as a result. We don't know who we are at the root and we don't feel safe and secure in our existence. So then we come to the sacral chakra to try and define our security. And um, typically, so the sacral chakra develops um, in your early teen years. And that's where like everything goes wrong because uh, everyone gets, you know, for the lo- a long time now, people have been put into school systems and um, where they're put into these environments where they're expected to adapt themselves and change themselves to fit the norm of social constraints. Um, and that, that's like across the board. Um, and there's a part of that that's healthy because the sacral chakra has been around a lot longer than school systems have. So sacral chakra is all about feeling a sense of belonging um, in your tribe and the sense of acceptance. And so if you think about ourselves as like primal humans, yeah, that's important. The problem is, um, you know, that's important in the sense of, you know, as tribal humans, we do need connections. Connections and relation, one-on-one connect, uh, relationships um, and intimacy um, are ruled by the sacral chakra. So there's a component of that that's healthy. The problem is it's 
veered in this negative direction as then we're, we're taught that we gain um, approval and acceptance and validation through wrong behaviors and we're outsourcing it through that um, exposure to that in early teen years and all of a sudden that becomes our rules for life. We talked about this in another video. Because we're exposed to that, those becomes the belief system that this is how the rules for life work. This is how I, this is how I get acceptance and validation. That's how I fulfill the needs of my sacral chakra and get the energy flowing. I get it from out there because that's what I was exposed to and that's what I was taught. And so now then people grow up and people live the rest of their lives. And we see this all the time. You can probably give examples of this. So many people live their lives and like people who are, you know, boomers. We see this all the time, go through their whole life never learning how to shift that and so they're constantly seeking um, approval and they use i mean this is why we have so many people with narcissistic tendencies manipulative tendencies because they've never they've learned and become it's become the default for them to use things outside of themselves to gain approval um, and to gain acceptance and validation and you can see it if think about when you interact with somebody if you walk up like hey how are you and we don't go we never go to you know i'm feeling a little bit worried because you know, I had this argument with my daughter and I'm, I, I'm afraid that I crossed a line. We don't expose ourselves like that. We say like, I'm doing great, even though nobody's really doing great, but we say, I'm doing great. And then we go into, um, my kid is going to go to, or has this soccer tournament this weekend. Everything is so in like in our schedule and on like where we live our days and we're, and it becomes a major block. So. Now that you kind of get, we have a ton of videos on sacral chakra and it's also linked to the video we did a few videos ago about values and how important values because it's really all linked in aligning your action to your intrinsic values or internal values and not this extrinsic affirmation and reward. And so we also don't want to talk about our hopes and dreams because then that exposes us to the possibility that we tell somebody we want something and what if we don't get it then we're a failure so it's really um it's it's all related and we're coming back to this idea of purpose over fear and generational so before we get into how you achieve purpose over fear let's talk about like the generation example in um you know we have we have parents let's just start with one generation we have parents I, I could have easily been this. I could have easily, Gabby tells stories about how when she was about nine or 10, she did competitive soccer and I used to bribe her to get a yellow card. That was not even though like, that's not even the best example because at the time that was not even like, I was like, this not, it's not happening. It's not gonna happen. It's, it's absolutely happen. not. But like the, the feeling of that, I was rewarded and people gave me attention when I won. That would be more uh, definitive of like an example of, oh, a Seiko Chakra outsourcing because because that experience, it's not that that experience shouldn't have happened, it just happened. I People give you attention and validation when you win. And so then that became the belief. And so now I've outsourced my sense of value like to when I win and to when people give me that attention and validation. Yeah. But and so I can talk a lot about this because I experienced it firsthand for the first 10 years of parenting and then I had a major shift in mindset and beliefs in experience and I'm like, "Wow, what what was I thinking?" But I remember feeling that like, "Oh man, if if Gabby scores the goal or if she's the star soccer player, somehow that makes me more valid and more valuable." And I don't think I even realized it on a conscious level. 
uh, it took me being past that to look back and go, oh, wow, that was probably a lot was happening on a subconscious level, but now I can consciously look back and see. Same with like when she'd compete in gymnastics. Um, same with like a lot of things that we're looking for for success. Myself, when I would start going back to play soccer, I'm like, oh man, if I, I needed to be, I needed to score the goals or I needed to be the star. And, and we, and then I start thinking about, well, why, why was I like that? Well, because in my childhood, I got affirmation for that. Like I, school was really easy for me. I always got straight A's. My mom would be like, I'm so proud of you for the A. And then there got to a point in my adulthood where I thought, wow, I really don't care if you're proud of me. I wish you knew what I was thinking. I wish you could relate to me. I wish you could share experiences of emotion, how we feel. And it's still hard because I know I still talk to my mom and she's all about like my brother's remodeling his house. So he's more successful than me. She never asked like, what does it feel like to camp inside of Sinks Canyon being surrounded by the energy of the walls and the, the feeling, the vibrations or the ions coming off the waterfall right outside my door. I don't talk about stuff like that. It's all about like, what campsite are you in? Where are you moving to next? And I don't think I'm alone in this. In fact, if, if you can relate to this, make sure you drop a comment if you're on YouTube watching this, because I think we all deep down feel that need and you see it coming out more and more people uh, more influencers especially are talking about this vulnerability that we have to step into and it's because we were raised with parents who weren't vulnerable they were absolutely detached from their emotions ashamed of their emotions struggling so much to prove their own achievement that they forgot that there was this other part and um, yeah and so then there's like this deeper component of like okay so vulnerability we're gonna dive into this one probably a lot but uh, vulnerability is interesting because essentially we're, we have this false idea of what vulnerability think we think it's supposed to be. And so then people think like, well, me being vulnerable is like me putting on this emotional dramatic display, but that's probably actually the opposite because if you put on this emotional dramatic display of vulnerability, then you're still trying to get someone to like feel bad for you, victimize you. Now you feel good about yourself and it fulfills your sacral chakra. And that's contradictory. So vulnerability is about coming to a space of um, really about just expressing who you are just at the fundamental level like this is what I am I don't need you to give me anything for it, but this is where I'm coming from and I'm sharing this and The hard thing about this is that we have we struggle with this true vulnerability because Expressing negative emotions or expressing quote-unquote negative emotions or difficult experiences makes us feel like we're less than Because of this idea that negative emotions are not expressed. They feel like they're less than and so then if we're ex being honest about the fact that, hey, I'm not doing great right now, I'm not doing great, then I'm like losing at life or failing at life. And all of a sudden we have these, this feeling of ultimately I'm not good enough. And so then you have to come back to, wait, why do I feel like I'm not good enough? Because you, like you as you are, are already enough. So then what belief systems are you telling yourself that you need to be doing more of to be enough? Because really you as you are should be easy but what that thought process can kind of bring you to is if you sit with it long enough and you realize like i'm not i'm not enough what is the story you're telling yourself you need to be doing more of is it i need to be more productive to be enough i need to be a better parent to be enough i my kid needs to be uh getting into this school to be enough or whatever it is if you can notice that inner dialogue it transforms everything because that dialogue is the hardest thing to notice 
But if you allow yourself to sit with the feeling of vulnerability, that's how you get to the root of the stories you're telling yourself so you can shift them. I want to share a story. <clears throat> I won't say the names, but I had a client I was working with that was like a beautiful example of this awareness, this self-awareness. Um, I just think how far I have to go back to put in the context. In the smallest context, she woke up, uh, had had a kind of an intense dream, but woke up and was like um, kind of shaken by her intense dream and so kind of felt off kilter to begin with. So I think that was a first trigger and that would have been a good awareness part to be like, ooh, this, this dream is lingering with me as I go into my morning. But she goes into the kitchen and goes to make her morning smoothie and the kids had not run the dishwasher. And she was really upset because she's like, oh, my stuff to make my smoothie is in this dishwasher and now I'd have to hand wash it all and I don't want to hand wash it. And so right there, that's probably already setting up some triggers like to me, it'd be like, all right, well, they forgot, whatever, I'm, I'll just wash it and then get on with my day. And then it triggered another thing where like, oh man, the counters weren't cleaned either. And she's like, I was just so angry. I was losing it. And I thought at first, like, okay, you lost it with your kids. Like you allowed yourself in a way, as a parent, we allow ourselves to be vulnerable, even if we express like anger or sadness, that's a huge part, but it wasn't even that. She's like, no, 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 I didn't say anything, but I was so angry inside. I'm like, okay, so what were you really angry about? Well, I tell them, like, I, I make requests all the time. I tell them to do their chores. They have to have the kitchen clean when I wake up in the morning. I'm like, okay, okay, well, you know, then, then there's a discipline element. That's more Manipura, discipline of uh, both like the solar plexus. Like you need to do what you're told and like, okay, well, they're acting entitled. No, 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 they're actually, they're really good kids. They did, no, they cleaned the bathroom yesterday. It's really not that. So then I'm like, okay, so it's not about the dishes. What is it really then? Well, I feel like they don't listen to me. I'm like, so, but they were, they listen and all these other things. Yeah, so is it maybe that you feel unheard? Shifting that belief from they don't listen to me to I feel unheard, that's sacral chakra. That's the space where you go, okay, so we need to focus on how can you feel more heard? And I think this is a really a, a, a thing that everybody feels like in um, parent-to-child relationships, husband-to-wife relationships, parent-to-child, to um, like for me to feel like that with my kid, but then for me to feel like that with my mom or my grandma, that's, that's an important uh, blockage in society. So I said, okay, we need to teach people how to communicate. So I said, well, why don't you just do this thing? Why don't you just go back in and say, daughter, I, I was really upset that the kitchen wasn't clean this morning, but I don't really, it really wasn't about that the kitchen wasn't clean. It's that I feel like I make requests and sometimes you listen, sometimes you don't, but even more, I felt really angry because we don't really talk to each other. We don't express ideas. We don't, we don't ask how each other is doing and answer vulnerably. That's the part of vulnerability because she thought vulnerability meant, well, I show sadness sometimes, I show anger every so often, but I feel like that's just damaging the relationship. And it is, you don't wanna be just all about vulnerability in anger and offloading negative emotions. It's literally coming in the room and I fail at this too. Gabby calls me on it sometimes. It's literally coming in the room and being like, how are you feeling? What are you thinking about? 
What are you interested in? What are you contemplating? What are you, um, what are you reading? How's it making you feel? We don't say those questions. And don't you think that's yeah, a lot absolutely. Of and I think the hard part about it is like, what do you, you know, what do you do when you're meeting people at different consciousness levels? I think that's um, we talked about this in another video, and I think that's where maybe you could give some insight on this, but. What do you do when you're coming? It's easy when you're two very mindful people and you come into a conversation and you try to, and you make an effort, a conscious effort to ask that person about how they're feeling, doing, thinking, um, and then maybe give you taking that opportunity to meet your, meet with your own sense of relatability and honesty and vulnerability. But what do you do when you're trying to communicate with someone or express, what do you do when you're trying to manage a certain relationship where someone else is coming from a completely different space of mindfulness? Like I'm talking people who are, the majority of the world is completely mindless. How do you, how do you navigate yeah. that? Yeah, you might not like my answer. You might like my answer. <laughs> you watching my listening might not like my answer, but in all honesty and vulnerability, I feel like unfortunately there has to be a level, very Buddhist, of detachment. You have to not over identify with that relationship to start with, and you have to step into your sense of self and and be authentic with your motivations and intentions. So. I have to think when there's a lot of relationships that I've just walked away from because of that, because I'll never be understood. We'll never see eye to eye, but there are some relationships where there is a sh difference in consciousness that I do want to keep. And so I have to create, I have to first fess up to myself and go like, okay, am I being unrealistic? Am I being too selfish? Am I, am I looking for, am I looking for external value? in this relationship first or is it like truly i mean i'll say I, I talk about it a lot of times here with my husband i go we we see the world from a different he has a level of fear that i can't relate to and so i understand but at the same time i can't act from that level of fear so i have to go okay am i do i have a willingness to go it alone like do i can i instead of looking for affirmation for my husband to be like oh you're so beautiful or i just love you so much let me provide for you there's a space where that's okay and there's a space where i have to take the risk to trust that that's not my only path and so i'd say that that you have to be honest with yourself and then you have to trust that there's there's more out there so gabby experiences this with friendships she wants to feel she wants to feel included with with the group with people her age with others with social circles and a lot of times she'll meet those social circles and be like, ah, oh, there's just such a different consciousness. So what do I do? Like she has to first set, step into herself and go like, okay, am I being unrealistic? Am I being too idealistic? Do I really want this? Would this, is there a possibility that part of this relationship could be positive? And in, if that's yes, if it's no, then it's easy. You have to, well, if it's yes, you have to then be a little bit like, heart chakra boundaries like okay yeah. well i expose myself here if it's no then you have to trust the universe that there are more people out there because she'll tell you she tells herself this story that like there's just no like-minded people out there in the world <laughs> at all there's not and as much as it does feel like that's true mm -hmm. there's probably only two percent or something of people <laughs> that she could relate to that are her age group and that's a lot of then that's the, the amount of money per to have to like yeah. step into the world and be like, all right, I'm just going to go find those 2%. Guess what? If you're in that 2%, that's why we show up on YouTube and podcasts more often because yeah. I do trust. I know they're out there. 
They're hard to find. Yeah. And then I had one thing I wanted to add like a couple minutes ago, so I don't know if it's still relevant, but if it's still <laughs> relevant, um, we kind of like, you kind of just said this at the end of what I was going to add is like, basically it ends up being all of the chakras at once to heal the generational sacral chakra issue. You got to fix all of them. You can't because, um, you know, we were talking about engaging with people of a different consciousness than you and those sorts of relationships that you're not sure. Like there's so much gray space. It's not always an easy, yes, this person I want in my life or no, I don't want this person. It's complicated. And so a, you come back to your values. What is the intrinsic value? You said this already. So um, I'm to repeat because yeah, I know if people are listening, sure. you need to hear it a hundred times. So then like, if you're contemplating a relationship, you have to come back to, okay, am I want, do I want this relationship from an extrinsic value? If it's yes, then a per, per very solid yes, Then and there's nothing intrinsic that you, enjoy, that you intrinsically enjoy about that relationship, step out of it. But there's always complications, and usually it'd be like, well, I have an intrinsic drive for... Um, whatever, this experience that this relationship gives me, we go, whatever, we have these experiences, or I have this personal experience in this relationship that's an intrinsic value. And so then it's coming from that place, then then you have this heart chakra difficulty of like, well, how do I uphold, how do I uphold the boundary of what I don't want this person to do and what I, what I do allow this person to do? And then you talked about, you talked about crown chakra. If you, this person doesn't, if you don't want this person in your life, then you have to trust that the whatever the the intrinsically driven relationship that you do want will come. But then one thing we talk about a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot is being able to assess a relationship from a third eye perspective and looking and asking like, well, what do I want this relationship to be? And it comes to like expectations and intention. This is, this is a hard question, but it... But wait, if you, if you space out for a second, I'm going to like tell you like focus back on this because everybody that I coach, it comes back to the struggle to define their expectation. So instead of, we will often show up in relationships and we're reactive to what the circumstance is. Well, this person is already this way. This person is whatever. They're selfish, but they're also adventurous. And I like that they're this, but I don't like that they're this. And so, hmm, I don't know. Do I like this? Instead of going like, well, erase the chalkboard what do you want the intention to be? What is your expectation out of your relationships with whatever person in your life? How do, what, what kind of experiences do you expect to have with them? Um, and from that space, then you can enlist heart chakra and your money para chakra. Okay, well, there's my expectation. How can I approach this with compassion and empathy because everyone's hurt and not coming from a place of like woundedness. Now, how can I also like use my money prayer to show up assertively and confidently and communicate that this is my expectation? Yeah, it's really hard. We're, we, my dad doesn't listen to any of this stuff, so I don't care. <laughs> and then I, honestly, like if he was willing to listen, I would just tell him. But um, my my brother was my brother and I do breath work together every morning, and um. I can see the generational wound playing out for him because him and I are very similar and I can see how some of these things that maybe are causing him to struggle, I know his journey's different, but there are some overlaps. And so I try to meet him first from my expectation is like, like just breathe, like, like we're just gonna breathe. We're not gonna be able to solve everything, but I'm going to plant some seeds and see where, where you go with it. And, really long, long, long story. I always do a long, long, long story. story. It's the shortest way. How can I, without my dad, since 
my dad, I've shared some really good stories on Defy the Norm podcast of the things, some of the great skill sets that my dad gave me. For example, he, he really helped me develop a strong money prayer because when I was younger, he, um, we'd go out to the desert all the time. I use these examples and we'd ride quads or it really was three wheelers. And from the age of like eight or nine, I'd be like on a big three-wheeler, 250R with the guys, the only kid, the only girl on rides with the guys. And my dad would just like trail behind me, watch me, make sure I'm safe. But like, I was able to, to assess risk. And then we always tell stories about like one time I, one time I assessed it wrong and I, I fell and had to go to the hospital, but it was like, there, that's part of life. You fail sometimes. And so he was really good about protecting me. Always shouted me. He always, he always encouraged me and believed in me. He's like, try it. You, you can do it. And I, I recently I told a story about how like, I'd wake up at 6 a.m. be so excited, but I couldn't start my quad or my three-wheeler in camp because I'd wake everyone up. So I'd like go push it over to this hill and then I'd pop the clutch to get it started because I couldn't kickstart it. And I think of like all, those were all great things. My dad though was not spiritual me growing up and I can still think look back and go he taught me some really good skill sets because he wasn't um as traumatized by his own trauma I guess at that point um he had a bunch of failed marriages along my childhood by the time my brother was born that was his last failed marriage um so he's my my, my half brother but by the time that kid was born my dad was already he had made a lot of mistakes when I was younger, he had only made a few mistakes. So he wasn't so much trapped in that feeling of unworthiness. I think he was at that point where it's like, all right, I made some, I, I'm still going. There was still some like hope I think left in him. And then he'd made so many mistakes that when he was raising my brother, he had shifted um, to become a Jehovah witness. And we talk about crown chakra and spirituality here a lot, you know, you can also use that in the negative. You can outsource your spirituality so much that it becomes not, that you're not using your crown chakra anymore. And so in that case, it ends up blocking all the chakras because you're, you're not only, so he ends up raising my brother in a way of like, kind of not an open canvas. For me, I had this blank canvas of like, try, experiment, see what you can do it became more block like, this is how you should be. If, you know, every answer to every problem was, well, it's because you don't listen to Jehovah. It wasn't like, hey, do you wanna try a different career? Does this career not serve you? Or, hey, maybe we should freeze your credit cards so that you don't accidentally overspend them. It was like, it's just because you don't listen to Jehovah, that's your whole problem. And so we're not meeting people, that's, that's a blockage of vulnerability because that's a closed-mindedness. Anytime, would you say, anytime we have closed-mindedness, we're not. Absolutely, you're trapped in the idea of what your idea is. And as long as you latch onto that idea, you believing that that idea is right gives you worth because you're right. And so long, all my tangents back to, I've been breathing with my brother and I said to my dad, I didn't tell him we were breathing because you know, breath work would be anti-Jehovah. Um, I said, you know, we're trying to come up with 
a vision like what his next path should be. Like we're, we're using third eye basically when I meditate with everybody I work with, I'm always trying to tap into the third eye. We have so much third eye blockage. We don't know, we can't figure out what we want when we don't even know who we are. And so we're trying to like unblock third eye with sacral chakra and heart chakra kind of at the same time. The more we forgive, the more we feel like we're worthy, the more we're worthy, the more we want goals for ourselves. So all I said to him was like, hey, I'm trying to work with my brother on coming up with a goal. And he's like, you shouldn't do that. You shouldn't push him like that. And I'm like, what? You shouldn't push him? What do you mean? Like, this isn't like a 15 year old. I mean, even a 15 year old, we should be pushing our, our 15 year olds. Like, hey, what do you want out of life? No, 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 you shouldn't do that. And I realized real quick, I'm like, oh, because if he figures out what he wants in life and is successful, that will unvalidate one, that Jehovah didn't give him the answer. And two, that will um, subconsciously make him, the my dad, feel like, oh wait, you, you want to say it? Essentially, it? well, essentially it's like this sense of I was wrong, which is like kind of a blanket way to say it. Of course, in, in his head, it would not become out that distinctively, but it's the sense of the beliefs that I was trying to impose on this person. Um, so me, this is me, my projection onto this person of what I believe is right in the way. If that person doesn't follow this way, then my way wasn't the answer. And therefore I, am not the answer therefore i am not worthy and i am not correct and i'm and i think there was another comment he made about like that you don't understand what it's like like my son's like me we're codependent on our relationships he didn't use the codependent we need to be in relationships and to me i look at that i'm like well that's a block sacral chakra you shouldn't need to be in a relationship we have to do that we have to do a whole nother video on that talking about that the codependency thing because that can be that's gonna be a 30 minute video in and of itself yeah so it was really coming that I think I was connecting a couple dots in that conversation that I'm like, wait, wait, wait. So you're telling me that if that you're, you're projecting out that he needs to be in a relationship in order to be happy because you've told, convinced yourself that you need to be in a relationship. Isn't that keeping our kids trapped in our own identities or our own um, belief systems when the best thing that we can do is encourage our kids to create their own new belief systems. And that's the point of kind of this video is that we're in a generational trap of worthiness because we're trying to make our kids stay stuck in our belief systems that we don't even know if we want to begin with. Right. Because our parents gave it to but us. We want so much to prove that the way that we did it was right. And we're so afraid of being wrong and having wasted our life um, that we want to put it you know send it down to the next generation and one of the ways that I think of I just thought of that this also played out would be like when we moved into the RV and like just extended family on both sides grandparents and aunts and uncles on both sides of the family were so um really at first they were like you can't do that but then it became judgmental like how dare you live your life this way and to them that's just that's how their ego defense mechanism psycho chakra deficiency comes up because if they looked at us and admitted to the fact that maybe they, maybe that what they're doing is great, then they would also have to admit to the fact that the belief that system they operated on, that the way that they were told to go through their life was wrong. And then they'd also have to feel that experience of like, I wasted my life and like the way I did it was wrong. And that's too much to handle. Then you start to feel all this, that's too much to handle for people who have outsourced all the sacral chakra power outside of them. Yeah. So encouraging people to have their own belief systems um, 
is really helpful. Of course, there's like not then you have the other end of the spectrum where um, you have to be coming from a grounded sense of individuality, not not more labels and identities like that's that's part of the problem when we're talking about vulnerability and individuality. People say they're swinging the other, say they're healing themselves, but they're doing it under the f more labels and more identities. And that's the antithesis of it. I it's, mean, yeah, you, the simple description would be switching from one religion to another religion to another religion. But it would be like a saying, maybe like, I'm like identifying with, I do hot yoga. I do vinyasa yoga. I do yin yoga. Like right. we have to detach from all of that. It doesn't mean like we, you, it doesn't mean you can't go practice in yoga. It doesn't mean you can't be a Jehovah witness. It doesn't mean you can't be any of these things that are labeled, but it's like the over identification with having to right. put that label on. And it's not like you can never say it ever. Like you can't, you can never say I do vinyasa yoga. That's not what it's about. It's more about a matter of like, it's something I do. I'm like, I'm someone who's not even material really in a sense. It's like, that's like the fullest extreme of it coming back to like, who you are is not something tangible and being able to just practice mindfulness every time you say I am this thing maybe just keep a little tally oh I just did that right now okay I think that's why it's so important that Zach Bush's message about this whole time illusion is so powerful and like we were like yeah we get it because as soon as you detach from this lifespan from this concept that like, I only have this time, this is all, this is my whole existence, which is really weird because ironically, if people really felt like you only have this 80 years on earth, I guarantee people would live it differently, but there's so much fear of death. And then even if there was like, okay, I only have 80 years, I'm not scared of dying. I'm scared of fully experiencing it. Then you'd step in and make, make, bigger choices you you be more brave because the next one we i think we should close up with close this off with is how it's about money pura that the thing is so to you, heal so the sacral chakra in the end right to heal the, yes so i'll wrap up one part with like we we fear so if we fear death but yet we live in the same career and we impose all this closed-mindedness on ourselves on our kids and if we reverse that and thought, well, I am just here, like for us, purpose over fear is all about like purpose in overcoming what it is that our soul's struggle is. It's not your purpose isn't to be like this, whatever. It's not like famous. a martyr or like a whatever, yeah, famous person or like selfless service. Like your purpose is just you choosing, not choosing fear. Your purpose is choosing, hey, I have this challenge and obstacle in myself, in my life. It never occurs kind of often. Usually anything that we chal or challenges our soul, it happens often in our life. Like, okay, there's this challenge. It shows up often in my life. And instead of repeating it over and over and over again, that's choosing fear. You choose to work on overcoming it. And so... And it's usually linked to your sacral chakra. Yes. But so let's give, finish off with some ways. How do we heal this sacral chakra imbalance? Because like I said, you know, sometimes it's hard for Gabby's experiences it through social circles. And I go like, oh, don't worry. There's like 2% of the world out there that's similar. And then I go the same. But unfortunately of that 2%, it's for a lot of times from a theoretical and open-mindedness, meaning they're maybe consciously awake, mindfully awake, spiritually awake, but they just have not done the money per you guys have done because like, unfortunately, that's a whole different level of 
of go ahead you you, <laughs> you want to explain it i mean yeah. the grittiness this it's one thing for me to tell her like to be awake to what's going on in the world and that um to open your chakras and it's not the same as like literally sleeping on airport floors and hanging off of a rope 500 feet off the ground and, and some living of on forest roads and driving thousands of miles on end and all of all of there's just too many things i couldn't even list them off because there's just so many things that has become like a too long of a list to even label all of them but all these experiences of having to essentially take personal responsibility um to suck it up and be gritty and get it done and you have no choice other than to other than to enlist to all on. of your bravery and courage and go forward um but yeah i mean that's so but to tie that into why it's relevant is because a lot of times um when it comes to like knowing who you are like this individuality that we're saying is so important you need to step into like who are you not what are you not what are you and what do you do who are you now but like how do you practice that and put it into like kind of like making it in your reality you gotta like take action take courageous action in general alignment with your intrinsic values so you got to pick some intrinsic values first it doesn't matter if they're the ones that you want to stick with for the rest of your life. Just pick some to start with and start taking action in alignment with something that's intrinsic, that's not dependent, something that's an action that you're not doing for the sake of getting something out there. And it's really cool because the last podcast Victor and I recorded, he just, he said that last night to me. He goes, you know, right now we're debating, we're trying to help our son, Daniel, who's 20, almost 23, kind of find his space because being just a digital entrepreneur it's not great for him he needs to work with people in and so we're trying to to kind of navigate that and i told my husband i'm like you know this is a big decision for us because i don't really want one kid in florida and one kid in washington and one kid in arizona and if that happens that's okay i'm not going to be living in fear of that but i feel like i have the opportunity to kind of um curate it so that everybody thrives and so we are talking about so finally i told danny all right can you try to like tell me where so that i can help um plan everybody else's path around that so that we see you we don't want to not see you and he's like okay well if i had to pick right now i'm going to pick spearfish i'm like okay and then i told it's because once for all of our travels once we pick one thing it kind of is easier to to put on layers for everybody else's happiness and and this is where expectation comes in and how we ask hey what do you expect what do you expect what do you expect how can we how can we make everyone happy and he said spearfish and so my husband's like ooh, he, he's had a lot of self-growth lately and uh he goes you know what i think i'm gonna go to spearfish and just try like i'm just gonna try and he's 47 and he's he's literally with all of our travels says it in the podcast or i probably explain it better for him because he doesn't he knows he's doing these things but he doesn't really know how to verbalize the experience yet but he's acting out of really really good space and he said i'm going to go to spearfish and just try and i'm like oh my goodness we have to record a podcast on this yes yes this is I think this would be the answer though for any i don't know if we give people, um, talk about other people in these examples. So we we're talking about generational cycle chakra blockages. Your parents pass these beliefs down to you and there's a part of you that still probably wants to get the approval or like make your parent uh, accept you. And so you have to choose your own belief systems, but to choose your own belief systems, you actually just have to do 
and you have to do in alignment with something that's intrinsic and you're gonna go for it anyway and believe in yourself and feel worthy even if there's a possibility of failure. <laughs> and that means you have to not be scared in your root chakra and you have to trust in your crown chakra because Victor absolutely is only to this space now after all these years of travel he's only there because so many times his fear of discomfort fear of uh, really it's discomfort a lot fear of not having enough fear of approval fear of all these fears have made it that so many times that I'm like okay you stay back I'm gonna go do this you stay back. I'm going to go do this. You say, and then eventually he got to a point. I'm like, well, you can only come with me if you want to do the things you can't come with me out of fear of being alone or fear of discomfort. Like we're going to go down this road metaphorically, literally. And I don't know what's going to be at the end of it, but I'm just going to go see. And if you want to come with me, you can't come with me anymore just to be by me because you're afraid of somebody else. Um, dating me or something if I'm alone you can't like you have to go and so we got to a point like okay I'm gonna come with you in the RV this time because I want to go in the RV like awesome and so he goes and he wants and, and we had these talks over the last six months a lot you can't go rock climbing with me unless you want to rock climb if you're if you're doing it just because you think you should be there to be by me or again, so no guys talk to me or something like that. Like you can't do that. It has to be out of a hundred percent because you want to rock climb. And so it comes occasionally, but most of the time it doesn't. And that's okay with me. I like before I might've been codependent, which we'll do another video on and been like, you need to be there for me and give me attention. But I'm not like that anymore. I really could care less. I'm there for myself. I'm there for my experience and my values. And because of that, He's all of a sudden had this space where he's like, oh, wait, 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 I get to see, remember at Enneagram 2 grows to more of an Enneagram 4, he's like, oh, wait, I have this space in my life all of a sudden to figure out who I am and, and see like, oh, I have these values and I have these quirkiness and I have this, uh, this different um, thing that defines me from you and from my daughter and from my clients and from all these people. And because he stepped into that, then he's willing to take more risks and he's willing to, and good things have actually happened to him because of that. Like he's gotten more clients, more clients that are more aligned with his beliefs and like how he wants, not even fi fixed beliefs, but more like open-minded beliefs. He's gotten more open-minded, awake clients because of it. And he's like, whoa, this is crazy. crazy. <laughs> now, and I don't even think we're gonna end up going to Spearfish, but just to have the <laughs> willingness to be like, you know, I could go to Spearfish and, and just try. try. That's huge so much i mean what we just covered right now it's everything this is everything right now this is this is we're going to be repeating this for so long because it's really coming down, down to what we just said that's as simple as it is but it's a lot harder and to it's practice. probably the only reason but, we can talk about it or we've because it's cyclical it goes through it. the same process over and over and over again this is the hero's journey this right here that whole process we just took you through through all your chakras that is your hero's journey of how you choose purpose over fear you have to go through these elaborate nooks and crannies of first moving into your sacral chakra but realizing it comes back to your root chakra and you heal that by stepping into bold brave action of your of your solar plexus chakra and aligning it with your third eye chakra of where you want to go and then coming back to your heart chakra and forgiving and then communicating your expectations and then trusting that it's going to be okay and you definitely should rewind that 30 seconds and play it slow because it's tr it, it is it's that cycles everything yeah so we could go on talk about so many more stories on this but we'll save that for other videos do. since this is 
uh, a nice, nice long, long video. Hope you guys enjoy. If you've listened to this point, please let us know if this video helped you. Let us know in the comments and thank you for listening. And it actually would help us if, because to us, it makes so much sense. We see it, we ex experience it, we live it over and over. But if you're watched, if you made it to this and you're like, I'm a little confused about blank, we would love if you just let us know where to, um, where to go deeper into it. Cause sometimes for us, it's hard to understand where we're meeting people at. Cause we end up like so many staircases yeah. beyond that. That's my hardest yeah. thing is to come back to your starting point and I can And maybe which particular conflicts you feel like you have, because we talked a lot about relationships in this because relationships are they're pretty, everything. they're everywhere. Yeah. They're all over the place. Um, which particular relationship in your life you struggle with and what type of conflict you're kind of struggling with? Is it something like a, you know, a, a consciousness uh, separation yeah. that you're struggling with? Um, is it an unfulfilled expectation? Whatever it is, let us know in the comments if you feel like there's something obvious to you. All right. Thanks for Thanks. listening. Namaste.